Hey everyone, welcome back to the Period Chats podcast. This is actually going to be the first episode you all are going to hear at the beginning of 2023. And I'm all I'm always excited. Yeah, I always say like I'm so excited about this guest, but today we're going to be talking about alcohol, hormones, and how to kind of mindfully consume and also sync your life with your cycle. So it's going to be a really interesting episode that really just focuses on resets. And one of my amazing entrepreneur friends that I've been so lucky to meet through starting Funkit and getting plugged into the Austin community, community, Talia is here and Talia has a brand called Crisp and Crude. And actually I tried Crisp and Crude before I ever met Talia because I've, if anyone who knows me knows, I've always been trying to cut back on drinking. I definitely had like that party girl mentality. And then the more I got into hormones and the more I got into um, just health and wellness, I realized alcohol wasn't beneficial for me, which we're going to get into. But I wanted to hand it over to Talia to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about Crispin Crude, and then kind of, you know, what you've been up to. Hello, Kate. Thank you so much for having me on. And yes, I started Crisp and Crude. We are uh, based in Austin as well, um, woman-owned, and we craft non-alcoholic botanical mocktails filled with mood-lifting fruits, roots, plants that all also taste really delicious. And, you know, from from my perspective, I think you can be that party girl without the alcohol. <laughs> that's what I've learned. And it's been so interesting. Okay. So for anyone, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast yet. I have not had alcohol in 12 weeks and I am planning on doing at least 12 months without alcohol. Um, For me personally, I'm really open about like my personal life and my struggles, especially on the podcast. And alcohol has always been a big one for me. It's not for everybody. I still have been going out. I'm still hanging out with friends. I still hang out with people who drink. My mental health just like can't handle alcohol. My anxiety lasts for weeks after I stop drinking. It makes me not feel like myself, but I love a good beverage. And I feel like that has always been my like drawback. But I've learned when you have, if you just find a good beverage that you like, for me, I like love crisp and crude or I'll do like a kombucha or whatever it is. I still can have that fun party girl mentality just without the hangover and the anxiety and the crying that would come in the second half. So how did you kind of, I feel like you were really ahead of the curve. I feel like kind of everyone's talking about mindful alcohol consumption. So what was, um, give us a little background of like how you got there. Yes. So it, it, you know, like a lot of businesses started with a need that I felt in my personal life. Um, super early on, uh, in my early twenties, my like last semester of college, I started suffering from these really bad headaches and I didn't put two and two together very quickly. They ended up being migraines. And, and after a while of, of, observing my patterns, I realized that alcohol was a big trigger and not like, you know, the hangover headache. It would be like a a wine Wednesday and I'd have three or four sips of wine and then have this really painful, um, reaction in my head that now I know is a migraine. And as I learned a little bit more about, you know, how to handle migraines, I had to make a decision of of how to handle alcohol also. Was it worth it to consume, to imbibe? Um, And for the next 
almost 10 years, like a good seven, eight years, I, I sort of walked this balance beam of, okay, I'm in this social setting. Am I going to drink? And then no, I need to, you know, medicate myself the, the, preceding hours after drinking just so I could feel like it could fit into this social setting? Or am I just going to not drink, deal with the, you know, annoying comments that I might get, especially in like, say a networking event. This was through like business school. These were like really tough decisions for me on how to fit in without alcohol. And then it all came to a head where it was just like all of these different building blocks towards a decision that alcohol did not serve me anymore. And I wanted to live a pain-free life and cutting it out was, was really important to do that. And I then, like you, said, okay, well, what can I hold in my hand when I am out that will make me feel good? Um, not just like you know, I think brand is important, the aesthetic of the can or the, the bottle that you're holding, but also what, it, what ingredients can help me instantly relax in a really, in a much more authentic way, frankly, than alcohol does. Um, and that's how I started playing around with different botanicals. Crisp and Crude has two lines, one that is hemp infused, aka CBD, uh, and one that is without so we can remain as inclusive as possible. But each of our flavors invites our customer to relax in a particular type of way. Our Paloma Daydream is super uplifting. Euphoric, whereas our OG Tonic is more uh, like mood centering, really great for that like 4 p.m. hour where you might want to have like a couple, another hour of work that might be more creative work or focused work. So each of our drinks have these invitations to relax based on the botanicals that we use. And that's what I found I was looking most for when I was reaching for NA options. And, you know, it's really interesting because for me, so like I, when I, I tried to give up alcohol last year and I did about six months and then, and then I feel like I actually came back like harder than ever going out and like drinking. Cause I was going to all these networking events, just like you're talking about. And it's interesting. I had a similar rea realization that like, if I wanted to feel my best and perform my best and like actually be able to run my business, it's like, I can't partake in these things, but Chris McCrude, I love the Paloma one. That's like my favorite. It is like this instant, like you can use the botanicals to still get that relaxing feeling because this time I stopped drinking and then I remember we went to a Halloween party and when I walked in the door, I was so anxious and I talked to my therapist about it and was like, you know, I just get really like so anxious when I'm walking in the door to places where I know everyone's going to be drinking and I feel like I like want to scream, I don't know, like or leave and she was like, you know, that's really normal because we haven't learned how to navigate these social situations. So like that came up when you're like talking about business school and going to networking events. So how do you have any tips for people of like how you've learned to cope with that? Like walking into new situations? Yeah, I do. And I think that like to take a step backwards for some, I, I didn't know about this only because I started doing research, but like why do we reach for alcohol? It's very scientific, like it's very scientific, it's chemical reactions. So, you know, when you're going into like into a big room full of people and you have a drink, um, you initially get a huge hit of dopamine and that makes you feel good. That's like that, that, that little short period of feeling great. Um, and then what happens, there's a big crash, you know, there's a dopamine crash. And when there is a big gap like that, 
cortisol is the like that's what fills any empty space and that's why we have the, that anxiety or those you know blues or crying after a night of drinking it's cortisol that's just rushing in to fill that gap that the the hit of dopamine that quickly you know disappears um that's what's going on in our bodies and so you know with a with an na option you can you can have a bit of that dopamine hopefully with certain botanicals um that might be relaxing but then you avoid the that cortisol that cortisol hit at the end uh to answer your question of like what can you do when you walk in I always recommend bringing your own NA options and, you know, there are so, whether it's crisp and crude or not, there are so many options out there uh, between NA wines, NA beers, cocktails, like, you know, our mocktails. Um, and people will be interested. I don't know if you have found that it can be a conversation starter. So that is one tip that I would I would um, make. If you don't feel comfortable bringing your own, have like a couple recipes. Um, for me, it's like bitters and soda is a big one that I'll ask a bartender to make. It's super easy for them. I know that they're always going to have the ingredients. Maybe like ask for a specific type of cup that you want. Like I, I don't want it in a water cup. I want it in a specific glassware to be able to like, you know, fit in and have a cute little drink. Um, so having some tips like that. And then like, if, if you are feeling really stressed, having a few, um, breathing exercises, like if you need to pop into the restroom and do some box breath for a few minutes, or, um, you know, there are certain, um, there are certain like things you can do like if you're sitting at a table just sort of like self you know self-soothing practices that you can you know incorporate if needed to to help and then lastly um this is sort of a basic one but you know from a conversationalist perspective put yourself out there by asking questions people love to talk about themselves and like you know grab a drink join a circle and just ask a broad question and that often always makes me feel you know at ease those are such good tips and you're right like and it gets easier like i'm only like 10 weeks into this journey really but like it was even easier this time because i had done it already the time before but it gets so much easier like and then i feel really proud of myself now because i have so many more of those self-soothing in the beginning i had to literally bring my own drinks go sit in the bathroom for just like three minutes to collect myself and then like i think i would just get so nervous and then we're also coming off pandemic isolation so there's also like another layer of social anxiety i think that i was experiencing can't speak for everyone um but I do think a good conversation starter is bringing your own non-alcoholic drinks. And I started like buying extra because I found when I bring them, it's an invitation for other people to try something different. And, you know, maybe like, because I think we're going to get into like what mindful drinking looks like. And it's so different for everyone. You know, for me personally, I alcohol, I have such a strong reaction to it. And, you know, I have, I worry that like I rely on it too much, so I can't have it and that's okay, but some people can. And then like, what can, does that look like for them? And for some people it's, oh, I'm going to have two cocktails and I'm going to have a non-alcoholic drink. And then like, that's kind of their balance. So yeah, sometimes if you bring extra for your friends, I feel like it's really beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So 
tell us a little bit. I'm interested in the botanicals because I've started um, something else I've started doing is I used to always make a cocktail while I was getting ready to go somewhere. And it was like almost that coffee type ritual of like getting ready, having a cocktail, listening to music, kind of like setting the mood. And I found that when I stopped drinking, I didn't do that. But I've recently started doing it again, either with a mocktail or like I love the crisp and crude CBD line because I feel like it helps to relax me. So tell us about some of those botanicals you were talking about earlier. Like what is the purpose of the different ones? Yes. So we um, purposefully use plant extracts that help with relaxation um, and technically they're botanical terpenes. And so terpenes are often a new word for people. It's, it's not, you know, it's not a common one, uh, but it's growing more common in the wellness space. Whether you've heard the word or not, you likely are already using them. So if you have a eucalyptus hanging in your shower, it's the terpenes from the eucalyptus that are like really invigorating and refreshing to you. Or if you have a lavender hand lotion that you use and you find that to be relaxing, it's the terpenes in the lavender that are helping your body find that calm. What we're doing is creating these different blends of botanicals, like I said, that invite you to chill in a particular type of way. And the reason we chose to go that route as opposed to um, adaptogens are because, um, you know, I use adaptogens regularly and find them to be very beneficial. However, for a non-alcoholic cocktail, much like an alcoholic one, you want an initial reaction. Like you, you, you want to feel something right away. And with adaptogens, I found the best practice is to use them with consistency to find the benefits of relaxation often. So we went into this, into this direction of using botanical extracts, botanical terpenes to help relax. And, and, um, for example, like that Paloma that you like, Kate, we have, um, of course, citrus in there, which is super uplifting. We use marigold extract, which has, um, which has uh, qualities that can be a bit like euphoric. So this is like a very euphoric, uplifting vibe. I love it for when I'm going out because it sort of gives you that little bit of like giddy, excited feeling. And then with CBD, so we use broad spectrum hemp extract. It is non-psychoactive, it has no THC in it. So it's not like associated with any high or anything like that. CBD is just known to help you relax a little bit, um, whether that is like, you know, if if you don't see the video, my shoulders might be like up to my ears. And then like after a, a can of crisp and crude, they just drop a little bit, or you might sleep a little bit better that night. Um, and that just is a little added dose of feel good. Yeah. I, that's why I think I always like love the Paloma one for going out. Cause it's like, I love that. You know, I was talking to someone about this for me. I was like, you're always like the, there's scientific research that once you have that first drink, that's the most like you're going like, I think it's the most dopamine you're going to get. It's the best right? you're going to feel all night. And then it just gets worse. <laughs> and then it just gets worse. And so you're always chasing that first yes. drink feeling and that giddiness. And so, yeah, that's interesting That because that's definitely how I feel when I have the Paloma one. I'm like, ooh, this is delicious. And also, like, if this is something you're interested in, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like I said before, like, I really want to, like, drive that home. And then also, if it's okay to be honest with people and it will catch them a little, like for me, people will be like, oh, why aren't you drinking? And the common one's like, oh, are you pregnant? And I'll always like take this as like a learning opportunity. Like, 
oh, no, I'm not pregnant. But, you know, honestly, alcohol is really not good for my mental health. And I'm trying to really focus on that. I have not had one person have a bad reaction to that. Like every person has been like, wow, that's so great. So I think that if it is something you're interested in, I think it's okay to be really honest about why you don't have to. But I was nervous to tell people like, I don't know. It's interesting because I found that that's been a good conversation starter because other people have opened up and been like, you know, like really, I think my relationship with alcohol might be a little complicated too. And I was like, I think a lot of people's is. Yeah. It sounds like you're hanging out with really supportive people. I I can't say every time I have shared that with folks, I've gotten that reaction. Um, but I think you're putting it in such a like pot, like a, a beautiful and specific way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of just reflecting on what you said and, and sharing and being vulnerable about why you're drinking, I think probably could likely is resulting in a, like a great, a great reaction with, with perhaps like follow-up questions, which is super exciting. And I found when I was just really honest with people, I was so nervous to be honest with people in the beginning, because yeah. I'm not one that loves to admit I need help. I'm mm. like, I can do it myself. But, um, yeah, that people had great follow-up questions or they didn't push anymore on it. They would be like, oh, that's great. And then they like made a mental note that like, so it's interesting. Okay. Next thing we want to talk about in this podcast, because we're both business owners, both entrepreneurs, we both love our cycles or, you know, learning to love our cycles is kind of alcohol and the menstrual cycle too. This was something that Talia and I have talked about so many times. So how it actually works is there are actually better and worse times to drink in your cycle. And it has to do from my research that I've done on liver function. So the if you are going to drink, you are less likely to get, well, it's not that you're less likely to get hungover. That's not the best way to put it. Your body can process alcohol more efficiently in your follicular phase. So after your period and like before ovulation. And so those like, I think it's like 10 days, your body, if you ever noticed like, oh, I, my body, like I felt better in your luteal fit and ovulation. I'm not quite sure. I think that's the same for ovulation after ovulation all the way through your next period, your body does not process alcohol as well. So if you're noticing, like I had a couple of friends say, oh, I feel like I had a few drinks on my period and I, I felt it a lot more intensely. Um, your body doesn't process alcohol as well in your luteal phase or your menstrual phase. And if you think about it, it's because hormones, specifically estrogen, are processed through your liver. And your liver is working so hard to keep up with all these things. You're also less insulin sensitive. So meaning your body is going to react greater to sugar, which a lot of times when we're having alcohol there, I mean, it has sugar in it and drinks and high carbohydrate foods. And so that's an interesting fact. I, it's so interesting. And, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot of are, cause the majority of our customers are not sober by any means, you know, they, they, they are mindful drinkers. And so it might be like every other drink or one thing that I hear often is I don't drink during the weekdays, I, but during the weekends, but then like, let, this is one of the things that with, with our friendship, I have found, you know, I'm no longer 
I was telling you, I'm no longer planning weeks. I'm planning my month and how to develop my goals around, around a month, around a cycle. And so for those who are looking to make mindful drinking decisions, like maybe that's where you start. Not is not like, okay, not during weekdays, just on weekends, but maybe it is through your cycle. If you, if you are someone that has a cycle, you know, like perhaps trying just not drinking during your, your, um, your luteal phase and menstruation and seeing how you feel, how your body is reacting. That could be a beautiful place to start if you're looking to, you know, focus on mindful drinking these next few months. Yeah. And how cool, like to have just one more thing that you can sync with your cycle and like almost biohack. And I think it's a great place to start. And even if that like sounds like too much, it's like, okay, cut in half, whatever you were planning in those phases, like in your luteal phase and your menstrual phase, cut those in half and see what happens. Cause I found too, like if you are ever drinking and this is no science behind this really, but I would only be emotional when I drank sometimes and I charted it. It was always in my late luteal phase that when I was drinking ended up in a night of tears. And so like, it's interesting, like how many things our cycle is controlling and how many different hormonal reactions and like our stress responses because drinking can raise cortisol like we just talked about and if your stress response is going to be weakened in your luteal phase it might be better to take it a little bit easier and so you can cycle sync your drinking with your cycle how cool and then i think one of the things like if you know like there are going to be times where folks are are have have had a big night and they might be hung over the next day and no matter where you are in your cycle um like perhaps you can plan some like like movement that is then connected to what you know what phase you're in as well so like if you are in your luteal phase and you're hung over and you feel like oh crap like i really feel like shit um maybe that's like going for a long walk the next day or like a, you know, restorative stretching or yoga session. Whereas, you know, if, if you find that you're in the follicular phase and, and you've had a big night, then maybe it's like, a like a more, um, high impact workout, right? Like, so there's things that you can do, like mindfully recovering as well from a night out on the town. Oh, I love it. Mindfully drinking, mindfully recovering. And (laughs) and like, I think it's just interesting. Like we can use so much of our bodies, our cycles, our minds as these recovery tools. And it just makes the world like such a more balanced place. And, you know, I hadn't really, in my early twenties, I had no idea about, you know, my menstrual cycle. And I had really no idea that maybe my alcohol tolerance was going to be playing into that. So yeah, if you're listening, that's a thing. And mindful drinking and mindful recovery can also be planned along with your cycle too. Beautiful. It's exciting when you think about it that way. It's cool. It's really exciting. And it feels more predictable. Like it doesn't feel so like, why did I have this crazy reaction? It's like, oh, well, there's all this other stuff going on in my body that could also impact my alcohol processing. Exactly. Okay. So some other things, just like we're wrapping up, but tell us like about how, I know we talk about cycle syncing and our work and all of these things. So tell us how you've done that in your business. Cause I love having other entrepreneurs on here and kind of just getting a glimpse into what your day looks like and how you use your cycle for your benefit. 
Yes. Well, I mean, it all, it all frankly started with our conversations and like all of the amazing education that Funkit puts out and that you create, Kate, um, that, that has started this for me, you know, starting a business, any form of work, but definitely this is, this is difficult work for me. And I, um, as I was learning more, I wanted to really see whether, I could incorporate some of these different um, aspects of cycle syncing into my own work. And so one of the things that I've found to be the most rewarding is like my form of of tracking my cycle. Um, And I also try to track my emotions. So I created like a chart for myself that that tracks my, you know, my temperature in the morning and um, some other things, but I also have a couple like emotions that I personally am curious to see how they're impacted throughout. So right now, some of the things that I'm um, I'm tracking are like my energy level on a scale of one to four, how focused I am in my day. Again, a scale one to four. I don't have like a middle average because I really want to see what what side of of the scale I fall on. And then lastly, you know, level of like hopefulness as well. So those are the three emotions that I'm tracking throughout. Um, And I I think it just is really... um, I don't know if it's like a hack, but it's like providing so much more information into how my body is, is, um, is, is deciding like how, how I'm feeling, how my emotions are, are generated throughout the phases of my cycle. And that's one of the things that I am most interested in. And then lastly, taking that and then realizing, okay, if I have to do X amount of work this month with Y number of projects, how can I distribute those across this cycle that is going to hopefully keep my emotions at sort of this steady, satisfying level? That's the goal for me. I really love that word you use, satisfying, because I think that's the goal is that not that we're the same every day, but that we're satisfied and that we're fulfilled by what we're doing. And Mm-hmm. I think that that is, it's so amazing that you're like tracking and knowledge is power. Like yeah. when you track these things and you write them down, you make these charts, because if you could feel hopeful and fulfilled most days, isn't that the goal? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And we talk a lot, like I'm really open that this last year has been really hard for me. And like, as my business has grown, my mental health really like took a a sharp turn. And then, you know, it's just, but I'm really grateful actually, because I don't think, I think if I would have never owned a business and I would have never learned all this information and I wouldn't have been forced to really look at like, what do I want out of life and how can I get there? And if you would have told me even five years ago that there was a world where I would get through a holiday season and not have one drink, I would have never believed you. So I think entrepreneurship is really hard and really hard for me at least, but it's really fulfilling and I don't want to give it up. So it's like, what can we change to make sure we're feeling fulfilled? Oh, I love that. Hopeful, fulfilled, satisfied. That resonates really helps develop this deep understanding of yourself. You're in a little pressure cooker. You got to figure it out. (laughs) 
And it's my hope that, you know, there's more education for especially young people on like, how is, why is alcohol making me feel this way? How can I make an educated decision? What, what, how is my cycle impacting my body or my emotions? What can I do to make, make these decisions? Like this is all this information that is so key to understanding how we can live that satisfied and fulfilled life. And, and my hope is that we can just get more people feeling uh, informed and empowered. Yes. Oh, that's so amazing. Well, thank you for the work you do. Your brand, even well before we were friends, was like a really key um, piece in my journey of not drinking. And, you know, I just, it's such a beautiful work that you're doing and people that you're helping. And I'm grateful that we've become friends. And so tell everyone where they can find you because TikTok, Instagram, website, like where can they go get crisp and crude? Tell them all the things. Yes. So if you'd like to try crisp and crude, our website is, uh, is crispandcrude.com. You can also find our botanical non-CBD line on Amazon. If you're into you know, Amazon Prime, <laughs> getting that instant gratification. Um, and then you can follow us at Drink Crisp and Crude. And I think we have a promo code maybe in the show notes that you can add Funkit15 for 15% off your first order. And I really recommend it. And like, if you're really working on your menstrual cycle and you're, I mean, really just in general, like the, mm, let me back up. Okay. If you're working on your menstrual cycle, crisp and crude is an amazing addition. And it's one of those things that it was cool because I really did find you guys before I ever even knew you. And like, I can recommend this product just like through and through and through to everyone. And it's just, I don't know. I think if you're listening and you're like, huh, sounds interesting. I really challenge you to give it a try because especially if you like Palomas, like the Paloma one's my favorite, but they're all delicious. Thank you, Kate. It's an honor to be on here. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Talia, for coming. If you guys like this episode, don't forget to leave us a review, a comment. You can email us at hello.funkitwellness.com. Let us know what you want us to talk about. And I think we may need to do another follow-up episode on this because we get questions about alcohol a lot. So I have a feeling that you guys are going to have some more follow-up questions. Oh, that would be fun. Let's do it. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, Talia. Thanks, Kate. See you soon.